Hey Lab Mates, Happy New Year, and welcome to the Season 2 of the STEM Lab Podcast, where we highlight women in STEM, that is science, technology, engineering, and math, especially women of color. I'm your host, Dr. Sabrina Walthall, and I am here with a guest whom we've had before, my bestie and new STEM lab professional commentator, Lushan Carvin. Lushan is a native of Bessemer, Alabama, and a graduate of the University of Alabama with a Bachelor's of Science in Chemical Engineering. Lushan worked 12 years in pharmaceutical sales before deciding to pursue her dream career in healthcare. In 2017, Lushan achieved that dream and began her career as a registered nurse. Welcome to the podcast, LaShawn. It's thank so you. good to have you here again. Thank you. Thank you for having me again. It is a pleasure. Thank you so much. Well, Loudmates, as I said before, LaShawn has been here with us, and she's now going to be a recurring guest quarterly to just bring us some updates from the field of nursing on most of the time mental health, but any other things that she thinks are affecting our community at that time. So today we really wanted to, as we see into the mental health state of America as we go forward in 2021. And so I had spoken with LaShawn and said, you know, I really wanted to talk about this. And it was, we had that conversation before the first week of 2021. And so now we're like, oh my God. Yep. Yeah, coming with it, girl. I know. <laughs> so, Lashawn, just tell us. You know, now we've seen all of what happened on uh, January sixth, Lord Jesus, mm. um, and those storming the Capitol, and just how that has set America up for more PTSD mm-hmm. for the year twenty twenty one. I hate to say that, but that's what it looks like. That um, we're still going to be dealing with some of those issues. So. Right. <clears throat> just what is your take on what we've seen just in this first week of 2021? Well, my take on things of what has happened and what has transpired, especially on January the 6th, is that, you know, we have a lot of people here who, you know, are clearly emotionally d- distraught. And um, whether they're hurting or whether, you know, they're in pain or whatever is happening with them. It's, and it's not just the ones that actually, you know, committed the, you know, the actual act, but how we're receiving this, you know, mm-hmm. in our mental. And, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the conversation that I've heard is that, you know, I can't believe that our country is in this state. What is happening? Are we going to war? And, you know, when you have those thoughts in your mind and, you know, based and then on top of that, what has happened in 2020, I mean, we weren't even in the first week. Enough before I know before we come into another issue. It's like you know we're trying to we were trying to like okay that's what happened in 2020. This is a new year. You know I'm going to renew my mind and you know get myself together. And then this happens on time. You've seen so you know it it is a trying time on on us. It's a it's a it's a lot of impact on our minds and our mental health state. And so you know the question is what do we do now? Do we walk in fear? Are we walking in fear and have these thoughts like, you know, can I leave my house? Do I need to get a gun? What is happening? I'm afraid for my family. So it brings on all of those anxiety, you know, and, and, and which can, you know, uh, if you don't manage it, you know, correctly, you know, it can turn into something more than, you know, what it was before, you know, if you were having mental health issues. 
Oh, go ahead. You just said that. I know we wanted. We started talking about this because I had pulled the mental health report um, for. 2021, the state of mental health in America for 2021. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that it brought up was that the percentage of adult, adults with mental illness who are uninsured increased for the first time since the passage of the Amer- Affordable Care Act. Mm-hmm. So nationally, 10.8% of Americans are uninsured, including 5.1 million adults. Mm-hmm. And then it said that this figure differs drastically across states where New Jersey ranked number one, 2.5% of adults mm-hmm. uh, were uninsured compared to 23% in Wyoming, which ranked number five. Mm-hmm. And so just looking at mental health in adults and those who can afford to have even treatment for it, it mm-hmm. goes on to say that, you know, there's still um, unmet need for mental health treatment among youth and adults, mm-hmm. where we see that 60% of the youth with major depression, didn't receive any mental health treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even in states with greater access, over 38% are not receiving mental health. Mm-hmm. And then we look at adults and we find out that uh, 23.6% of, uh, of those adults with mental illness reported uh, have an unmet need for treatment. Mm-hmm. And so when I look at what happened on the 6th and I think about um how do we get people help? We mm-hmm. then have to go back and look at, well, how can people get help? Do they have access to help? Mm-hmm. Are they able to even afford help? Mm-hmm. And I know that you have patients who are also um, seeking mental health, mm-hmm. uh, any help that they need in their mental health state. So right. just being a right. part of that whole system what do you see in your day-to-day in terms of those who um, need the treatment mm-hmm. and may not have, you know, the insurance or the resources to get that treatment? Right. So um, the first part I want to answer before I get to that is that, um, you know, how can we work on getting those needs met? For mm-hmm. First of all, I I think first of all, I think the government needs to pair up with the the healthcare system here, and see these disparities and bridge this gap for those okay. percentages of people who can't get the treatment that they need, because those are the ones that really need the treatment as far as mental health. Now, no matter where you are, if you're in an underserved area or if you're in a middle class area, if you have mental health issues, we all need you know that treatment. But I believe that, like I said, the government needs to pair up with the healthcare system and really look at this and say the people who, who can't afford it really need it. Um, and I really do believe that they should take the time to come up with um, ideas and actually see where I, you know, where I work and what I see in the communities um, of the underserved and underprivileged that what they need. So what I see from day to day, um, I deal with, you know, patients who uh, have mental health issues, who are in underserved areas, um, in, uh, which are mostly minorities, um, African-American population, Hispanic mm-hmm. population for the most part. And um, most of them, um, you know, they, they may have Medicaid or Medicare that we do use for them to get the treatment that they want. but um, but it's it's because they can't afford it, they cannot um, manage the, the 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 mental health issues that they have. It's very very hard for them to afford it. 
you right. know. Um, so because they can't afford the, the medications that they need or even get the, um, the, the, the therapy that they need. So the, the actual, their issues are actually declining and they get worse. So we get a high level of crisis intervention with these type of patients because they're not, they're not compliant with their medications because they, because they can't afford it. So what happens is they're back in the hospital and then the hospitals become crowded with these type of patients who can't afford it. Um, who can't afford the treatment that they need. So I, I, I do believe that, um, that the government definitely needs to seek more into the underserved areas that, um, that actually need the mental health treatment that they need to get to receive. So, um, but it is very discouraging to see that in the pop, in that population. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and the services that I also work for is, you know, we, we actually do help them get the services that they need because they can't afford it. Um, and so we, the, it's, a, it's a nonprofit organization, but we work along with Medicaid to help these patients. So it, it, it gets very um, it gets very sticky sometimes. And um, and to see, you know, these patients in these underserved areas not getting what they need now. Um, also there are some, some patients that I do see that, um, like middle-class too as well, not too many of them who, um, have the insurance and everything, but they also need the support of their families too, as well. Or they also need the support of therapy as well, because therapy is, is, um, is, is a big part of it. And, but even so within all of that, it's just basically acknowledging that you need the help. Because, you know, you know, whether if you're not even dealing with mental health issues per se, or you have not been diagnosed with, with it, just these acts that have happened on January the 6th, on top of being in a pandemic, you know, yeah. I'm sure that people who are not used to suffering from anxiety, you know, they're, they're probably suffering more anxiety than they ever have in their life, you know? Wow. And so what I, you know, would like to say is that, you know, get the help that you need or whatever you can, you know, afford, or whether it's a, thera a therapist or, you know, go to your, you know, primary care physician if you can afford it. Um, but unfortunately, the ones who can't, those are the ones that I think the healthcare system, the government need to come together on how they can get the treatment that they need as well. So. Sean, really, thank you for that. I mean, um, I think we're bringing up an important point. Just uh, one of the things that uh, Biden's cap cabinet is going to have to look into is really how do we uh, offer the resources for those who are in a mental health crisis mm -hmm. to be able to get the help that they need. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the big things that we'll see in 2021 mm -hmm. is uh, more people seeking help. I mean, mm -hmm. as I said, uh, talking to you, uh, we are in a um, post-traumatic stress <laughs> mm -hmm. um, state of mind seeming at right. all times you know we wake right. up to something new one of my favorite um, vloggers calls this uh, a movie she's like this is America you know it's mm -hmm. a movie series every day you wake up it's something new and I begin to feel like that it's like um, I thought I was watching a movie on the 6th right. Absolutely. it kind of reminded me as someone said it of 9-11 in the sense of you're watching something happen in real time in America and you're shocked about it and I was mm -hmm. just like glued I actually was not glued to the TV I was driving and my daughter was just reading the news mm -hmm. and she was like mom do you hear what's going on and I couldn't get home fast enough to get to the TV to see what was happening and I was just like yeah. Lord Jesus yeah. what 
Mm-hmm. And so that has put all of us Americans into um, this state where we will need, we need to process that we need to talk to someone. So right. Right. Uh, I That's think right. as the data clearly shows that we had uh, mental health issues, but they have definitely risen in 2020. I know I saw um, that it said somewhere that the percentage increase of adults who have uh, mental health issues, let's mm-hmm. see if I can find that. It says even before COVID-19, 19% of adults experience a mental health illness. Mm-hmm. People over the last few years uh, has risen to 1.5 million. Mm-hmm. So just imagine if before COVID-19, 19% of us were already diagnosed with some type of mental illness, mm-hmm. like where are we going in 2021? Right. So one of the other the things that I know I had talked to you uh, about and really wanted to talk about were the youth in really the kids because I have two myself and I know um, they have been, you know, in the midst of all of this. And we sometimes tend to not think about the kids and how Mm -hmm. things are mentally affecting them. Mm -hmm. But the 2021 mental health report says that youth mental health is worsening. 9.7% of youth in the U S have severe major depression Mm -hmm. compared to 9.2 in last year's data set. This rate was highest among youth who identify as more than one race at 12.4%. Mm-hmm. So in terms of the youth as a parent, what would you uh, say to us on how to handle what is going on with our kids during this trying time? Right, right. So um, what I want to uh, say to that is, you know, with kids nowadays, because First of all, their lifestyle has changed as well. Mm -hmm. They're used to leaving the house, going places with their friends, seeing them at school and, you know, being involved in activities, doing all of that, going into just staying in the house with nothing but the computer and, you know, to do virtual learning and TV and no human contact with their friends. So right there at that point, uh, drives our children into a different type of anxiety level. You know, they're, they're feeling confined and right. they're not used to that, which can cause all types of anxiety and possible depression. Um, and then also on top of that, when you have social media and say that's all that they have on, on hand to look at and everything. And we also know that certain, depending on the child and, and how they think about themselves, because it can also drop even more low self-esteem as well, because they're looking on social media, comparing themselves and, and, you know, thinking like, you know, okay, I'm not as, 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 as good as this person or the next person. And that even happens with adults as well. But just talking with the kids, they're going to like this world of freedom into confinement. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's also been seen that there are a lot more kids who do better in the schoolhouse than they are doing virtually as well. Right. So, so I, what I would say to most parents is, you know, not to say that, that a lot of the parents aren't paying attention to their kids, but because this is going on, you know, spend more time with your kids and see, you know, what exactly is going on, ask questions because it's, it's coming up now that a lot of kids are becoming more depressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And even before the pandemic, even if they were suffering with a little bit of suicide or a little bit of mental health issues, it's it's becoming even more, it's becoming higher now because they're confined and they don't know how to express themselves. Well, let me just throw in this statistic because you said that it says that 9.2% of youth over 2.2 million cope with severe major depression. Yeah. It says depression in youth often co-occurs with other disorders like substance use, anxiety, and disorderly behavior. Right, exactly. And so, you know, as I'm sure that I have read also to to a lot of parents have seen this in their kids Mm -hmm. with the change in behavior and everything. At that point, you know, even if communication with you and your child is not getting over to them, it's okay to get a therapist for your child. Um, and that's another thing. And that's another thing, too, that I, I think a lot of parents, you know, some parents believe that, oh, you know, I don't want to take my you know, children to a therapist because in their mind, they're thinking that something's automatically wrong with them. It's not necessarily that something is wrong with them. They're feeling what even we're feeling as a as an adult. And um, and also, too, you know, if you read, you know, there have a lot, been a lot of counselors who have said that a lot of their clients um, that have risen has been risen in um, in children and kids. Right. I mean, and so again, to go into the report, it says that childhood depression is more likely to persist yes. until adulthood if gone untreated. Right. It says the number of youth experiencing um, major depressive episodes increased by 99,000 mm-hmm. from last year data set. So as you're saying, you know, the youth are becoming more depressive and they need treatment for it. We mm-hmm. can't just let it go to the wayside because we feel like, oh, it's just a kid. Right, exactly. And you know, when you work those things out with your children, because, you know, not for nothing, when you, when what we are going through as an adult, even with the pandemic, with the pandemic and anxiety that we feel, it's, I think it's awesome to go to counseling for, you know, as a family, you know, because you'll find some things out, you know, about each other, you know, especially when you have a third party involved. Right, and right, that right. actually help you all because you're all in the house. You know, and, and you're everybody's getting adapted to like a new normal, you know. Right. So it's good. I also recommend that to also go as a family because you might find some things in you that you probably need to work on as well as the child. And then maybe some things that is connected with you and the child during this time, you know. Yeah. So I think that's also a good thing, too, to help, you know, because. My thing before all of this happened on January the 6th, my mind was saying, okay, let's take what we've learned mentally from Mm -hmm. 2020 and go into 2021 with what I call a mental health plan. Okay, we all come into a new year with the plan to exercise, diet, diet, exercise, and come into that physical plan. But we learned from 2020, let's also go into it with also a mental health plan. Do two of them. Because Mm -hmm. what you understand is that no matter what you do physically, your body is going to follow what your mind is doing. So you can even work out diet and exercise, but if your mind is cluttered with depression and anxiety and stress, your body is going to follow that. So I think that is perfect. I mean, when you first mentioned that mental health plan, I was like light bulb going off in my head. And I really, in these seven days, uh, have really tried to, well, nine now, I'm stuck, as you see. (laughs) Right. right. I have really tried to... um, utilize that and you know i've even checked in on my kids just Mm -hmm. after the six on how they felt they understand what had happened if they had any questions 
But for us, I continuously tell them, you know, when I hear them arguing and fighting, I'm like, no, you know, that's not us for 2021. Right. We're in a happy place. Let's figure this out. Let's talk about it. And for me, just a mental health plan for us is to try and get us to be on a more positive uh, pathway. And Absolutely. when I hear the negative coming up in the house, to immediately squash it and redirect them to a more positive path to right. make them apologize for being mean to each other and understand like in this house why we need to always be the uplifter of one another because when right. we go outside the house there are plenty of people who want to already you know take you down so don't you be a part of that right and you know when you have a brother and a sister combination that's like total bickering all the time back and forth so even in this one week, it's been hard to keep them from, you know, throwing, you know, side eyes at each other. That I'm right, just, right, I'm yeah. hurt. Right. Stop it. So yes, that mental health plan, I think, LaShawn, is just so important for a family to have to actually set up and say, for my household this year, this is how we're going to deal with mental health, and this is where. Uh, as the leader of the household, I'm trying to move our mental health too. And right. that's what, what I'm focusing on, trying to move us to be more positive in the spectrum instead of on the negative side. And just teach the kids how to um, pivot to the positive side of things, right. you know, mm-hmm. when they're upset. Just like, right. exactly. what can we get out of this? What's the, you know, what's the silver lining in all of this? How can we move ourselves forward right. without being so upset? Right, exactly. Because the impact of everything that's going on, like I said, you know, with the kids, because, you know, they sometimes they don't know how to channel their emotions and what they're mm-hmm. feeling. So they, they end up projecting what they're feeling on their, their sibling, on their parents. And that's why I said it's, it's a good idea for the whole family now with everything. If you can go to counseling, you know. Yeah. Now, and also to some advice I also want to give, because like we said in the beginning, everybody can't afford it. Everybody doesn't have insurance. Right. So until, you know, Biden comes into office and we can come together with the healthcare system to figure out how everybody can be insured to do this. There are other things that you can do to help manage your mental health. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, everybody has different things. You know, some people like yoga, some people Pilates. Hey. Um, you know, like for me, prayer and devotion, meditation, that helps me, you know, um, you know, if, you know, exercising, you know, that actually, you know, really helps decrease in stress. So there are certain things that you can do to, um, relieve your mental health or improve your mental health without, you know, if you can't afford it, you know, um, now for the people who can't afford it, you know, I always say is that, you know, it's okay to express and be vulnerable with your emotions because everybody's being affected by this. So the first thing you should come into is a, a, a area of awareness and be okay with it. Okay. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Be okay with it. You know, uh, you know, if you're feeling anxiety from everything that's going on, it's okay. You know, be aware of that. So if you can't afford it, it's okay to, to seek out um, a therapist. I have a therapist yeah. that I see once a week. Okay, right. soon. And, and, you know, with me being a nurse and everything that I see out here, you know, with the patients, whether it was whether it was it's with um, the pandemic or, you know, mental health patients that I do deal with, you know, what they're seeing with what I see with depression and anxiety. So I have mm-hmm. to take care of myself because if I don't, I have nothing to give to people that I help every single day. And guess what? It's okay. 
it is it is okay so i do recommend that and you know especially for you know some people who are spiritual like i said if you like doing prayer devotion meditations what i do hey it's okay it's, it's okay to have right. jesus and a good therapist <laughs> yeah okay. i mean it's what works for you but yeah it's, it's really it's, saying right find some way to right exactly know, decompress exactly right just like some people for fizzle for their physical if you can't afford to go to the gym or whatever you will find certain things to do at home to get you into shape you yeah. know you know so you know do that as well for your mental health plan if you can't afford it if you're not insured find those things that will you know they, that you can do for self-care and it's funny that you just said that find some things to do um because my son is not 13, so he can't go join the gym with me and my daughter. And I had a friend, um, Tracy Justice, who just put up that she was doing Zumba online. And I went to him. Well, I looked at the whole list and there was some other class that I thought he might enjoy. And I was like, hey, you know, we could do this and I, I could do them with you. Or, you know, we could just pull up a Zoom class and you could do the class online. And so it was very affordable uh you know less than a, a happy meal mm -hmm. <laughs> and so i was like i would rather you know put money into that for him instead of into you know eating out and so um there are things that can be done all you have to do like you said is uh search for them and there right. are ways absolutely that, you know we got to be creative in everything because yeah. Yes, so we're stuck in the house. So absolutely, absolutely. whoever is doing exercise and classes online, or you know, right. find them out and go for exactly. it. Exactly. Yes, yeah, seek them out. And there are other uh, resources and everything online that you can look at. They will give you um, ideas on how to, you know, uh, how to promote self care for yourself. Which let me just say, YouTube is the best. I call it my YouTube is friends. the best. Yes, it is. It yes. is. Just put it in the search engine exactly. and they'll come up with a million and one videos for you to enjoy. Right. Exactly. So, you know, that's why I really want to, because, you know, during the pandemic, we have found ways to fix things around our house using YouTube, mm -hmm. DIY things, or find creative ways of how to work out at home. Let's find creative ways of protecting your mental, because if your mental is not in shape, you can't do anything else. Right. So that's what I want to promote for 2021 is protecting your mental. And, and we're saying that, you know, I don't want people to think, oh, you know, Sabrina LaShawn sit here saying don't see a therapist. Just look up it on YouTube. We're not saying that. What right. we're saying right. is that when, you know, you may not have all of the financial resources to get exactly. everything you need, exactly. that there are other ways that can that you can work on those things until you are there. Right. But Absolutely. Having a good therapist. I just want to throw that out there so our listeners know that we do promote uh, seeing a therapist or seeing a professional. Mm -hmm. But we also are offering you just other ways that we ourselves have used to help in the process of getting to a state of mental wellness. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Sean, I know I wanted to talk to you uh, also just about our community and um, mental health, because as me and you continually talk, you know, we have uh, freely said that we have been able to seek out um, health professionals when we found ourselves in some type of crisis that we knew needed a professional to help. Mm -hmm. But what the report says is that Black or African Americans have had the highest average percent change over time for anxiety and depression, 
mm-hmm. while Native American or Indian Americans have had the highest average percent change over time for suicidal ideation. Yeah. yeah. But those two groups tend to not seek out mental health. Uh, as a part of the community, um, can you speak to us about the importance of seeking out mental health? Well, first of all, I mean, I'm glad you brought that up about African-Americans and, you know, Native Americans, because, you know, our culture is so different and our mindset and how we were taught and raised are different versus our Caucasian colleagues and what they think. And as far as 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 getting help, you know, as far as, you know, African-Americans, you know, we're taught to, um, to, I don't want to use those the, the layman terms, but we're we're taught to fight through it. We're taught to fight through the struggle. I mean, that's uh, it. Though. No, you know what I'm saying? We're, that's what mm-hmm. we're taught. We're taught to kind of like with the men, you know, we're taught to man up and get, you know, through it or get over it or do what you have to do. Um, right. That's, the, you know, that's the majority of our culture. And that's the reason why when we when when this is brought up about getting professional help to our people, you know, you know, automatically they're thinking that they're weak. You know, they're like, oh, I'm not going to a professional because that makes me look weak. That means I can't yeah. myself or handle my issues, you know, and that's not true. And that's the mindset that we have that we have as a people, which is why, you know, mental health issues are probably higher in those communities in our population versus the others, because we don't seek the help that we that we should get. Right. So what I think as a people that we should, you know, um, support each other and kind of rewire those that those uh th- that mindset and say hey it is okay because it doesn't make us feel weak when we get professional help actually it makes us stronger because right. you know we're going to get the help but going to get help in our culture means weakness and that's not what it is and that's it's just all about changing the mindset and that is very important for us to do that because number one coming from a medical perspective you know uh african americans have the, is the highest population when it comes to hypertension okay mm-hmm. Yes, and, and cardiovascular disease and mm-hmm. all of that is stemmed from stress because mm-hmm. we don't manage our stress well okay and that's the point that i made is that mental health is important because whatever we do ment- mentally our bodies are going to follow and because us as a people we don't know how to manage our mental our bodies are following that therefore we are at higher risk for stress anxiety you know, diabetes, hypertension, you know, things like that. So it is very important. And, and us as a people, we have to come to that realization. I think uh, you said some just important key tips here for us in our community. Um, so one, just first of all, acknowledge that it does not mean that you are weak, uh, that seeking out help does not somehow uh, take away your strength. And I think that's a big thing for males and females in our community to know. Um, And two, you know, it's just that it is okay. (laughs) It is okay to need help and it is okay to seek out help. And your big thing was to just do a mental shift, do Mm -hmm. a mental change about this. And, you know, we have to work as a people on this because it's going to be hard because, again, it's a a hardwired a concept in our brain that right. only people who got a problem go see the doctor to talk about it. You know, mm-hmm. um, I'm sorry for a better lack of phrase, but you know, we'll hear normally hear, oh, that's white folks stuff. 
Right. Exactly. And so you just, you grow up right. hearing that, like, and so it was like, okay, unfortunately, you grow up thinking white people do this, black people do that, mm-hmm. and so we end up with this hardwired thought of uh, they can speak and talk to a doctor because they need to. As a black person, I don't need to mm-hmm. speak to a doctor, and we just have to really break that thought, break that hard wire thought in our head and really begin to see that um, cultures, no matter which one, Native American, African American, Pacific Islander, all of us need to, at some point, talk with someone about our state of mental health. Absolutely. And Sabrina, I will use myself as an as an example, because, you know, sometimes when you come on these podcasts or webinars and seminars, you know, they listen to us and they say, oh, what is easier for them to say to say, because they're probably not suffering for it. As I said earlier, I see a therapist every single week and me as a nurse. I do that because if I don't if I'm not at a maximal level to where I can help people because that's what I do. I help people medically. If I'm not maximally there, I can't help you if my mental isn't protected. Right. So my thing is by me seeing a therapist or doing what I need to do or other things I do for self-care, that makes me stronger so I can help somebody else and do what I have to do. But if I don't, that makes me weak. I can't help anybody. If that makes any sense. It makes a total sense. Okay. Uh, and I think, you know, that's when we go back to you saying the family goes to seek um, counseling or mental health therapy because everybody has some point, as you say, you know, if the, if the parent gets it together, then they can better help the rest of the family begin to uh, have uh, better mental health or on their road to mental wellness. Because, you know, we can't just say, oh, it's just one person in the household. So all in all to say that, you know, when you are a leader in whatever area you're in, you have to take care of your mental health so that you can help those that follow you. And so me as a parent, I'm thinking of the parent-child structure. And Mm -hmm. you as a professional in the health field are thinking of yourself then so that you can better help your patients. Absolutely. 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 So, well, LaShawn, I swear this has been um, just a great conversation on 2021 in our state of mental health. And again, when we first decided to have this conversation <laughs> uh, on your corner, <laughs> we were like, oh, yeah, you know, we can talk about all the things of 2020. Yeah. Uh, then we get to 2021 and we sitting in the TV like, wait a minute, what? Yeah. This this actually this that what happened on the sixth actually changed the dynamics of this of this of this conversation. Girl, <laughs> all the way. Yeah, our conversation was gonna be kind of we're not different, but it, at a different angle. So yeah, it it definitely did. Well, I think we really still covered though everything. We really wanted to talk about that mental health plan. I think it's very important for our our community to understand that they need one. And when I say the community, the STEM Lab podcast community, right. but our community as well. Uh, and I think we touched on that, how we have to change that hardwired thought process mm-hmm. that um, mental health therapy is not for us. <laughs> us as in African-Americans, it's not true. It is for us as well. And we definitely need to take advantage of it. And I think one of our really important key things that we started out talking about was just how we look, how we are hoping that the Biden administration will right. Help get the resources to the people that need it uh, because we are seeing again more of African-Americans 
uh, having a high anxiety and depression. Right. Native right. Americans having more suicide and just our youth being more depressed because they are now in these virtual environments and not face to face with their friends uh, outside running around, getting rid of some of that energy and anxiety. And so I think that starting our conversation off with just our wish for what we hope to see in the next four years. Absolutely. with this administration absolutely. Um, was absolutely. key and important to the conversation. Right. Absolutely. So going forward to Sabrina, I just want to say too, as well, is that, you know, I plan to, um, I've had a plan in my mind that I'm going to try to maybe like open up like a blog or Facebook page, you know, to people who may have questions or need resources for, for, me for mental health. Yeah. That, I yeah. Actually, <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to have <laughs> Are we the best, best friend duo team I've ever seen? What? No. Hey, listen, listen. If you had to ask me about this like over oh, two years ago, I would have looked at you like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> but God. one good thing that has brought is virtual technology is, re is really just as effective as in being person. And, you know, we all need to be out here serving and helping each other, especially during these, you know, unprecedented times. So I am here to be a mental health um, advocate. Um, so once I get that going, I will definitely let you know, I hopefully I'll have that ready by the next time um, I come onto the podcast and, you know, be able to give uh, resources and help to people in need. So, Well, LaShawn, that is awesome. We so look forward to you beginning that uh, Facebook community for those who are seeking answers for mental health wellness. As LaShawn said, she will be a regular on the STEM Lab podcast. She has her Nurse Lulu's Corner that we'll be introducing. <laughs> so quarterly, she'll come on just to have a conversation like she and I just did today. And we hope to always support our conversation with some supportive data that we have researched so that you know that we have really looked into this topic. We are really trying to understand and actually give you uh, some information that we think is key to you moving forward and being the healthiest person that you can 360, not just in your mind, but also physically, as you heard LaShawn say. So LaShawn, as always, you know, girl, I'm so happy to always have you on. Girl, I love it. I love it. Just, just a bestie combo here. I mean, what, girl? We take it in by storm. <laughs> well, look, I am going to just thank you so much for joining me once again on the STEM Lab podcast. Thank you for educating our listeners, our lab mates out there. And just thank you for having this important conversation as we begin 2021 so that we can at least go into the rest of this year with some type of mental health plan. That's right. That's <laughs> and right. really trying to break the chains in our minds as African Americans of not needing to go talk to someone and realizing that it is okay for us to do that. LaShawn, as always, thank you so thank much. You, so you much. are thank you so definitely a voice in this mental health community. And uh, I'm just looking forward to all the great things that you're going to continue to do with us. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Girl, always. Lab mates, we definitely want to thank LaShawn for stopping in to help us get ourselves mentally ready for 2021. If the first week is any indication, I suggest you get on that mental health plan ASAP. Until we meet again on the next episode, I'm your host, Dr. Sabrina Walthall. Thank you for listening. Bye.